Welcome to the Apollo Leaguers series, a podcast that helps you learn from those who have become directly involved with exciting businesses in their early growth stage listed on the Apollo League. Handing you over to the host, Simon Ward. Good morning, Adam. Welcome to the Apollo League podcast series. Adam, good um, good morning to you, sir. Good morning, Simon. How are you? I'm well, I'm well. Great to connect and to talk. You know, we're talking today because you're an Apollo Leaguer who's recently uh, been placed as a, well, as a, a candidate who started off being a, an advisory board member and then has sort of turned into something else, um, consulting on a, on a bit more than, a, you know, a part-time or advisory basis, as I understand it. Yeah, that's true. So, look, today it's really about... Connecting, you know, connecting with our audience, and these are people who might be the founders of scale-up businesses, um, who are, who have reached this point in their journey where they've built a product, it's generating revenue typically of a million dollars a year plus, um, and having sort of climbed that mountain, they then realise they haven't climbed the, to the top of Mount Everest yet. They've got a, a significant journey ahead of them, and and they are looking for assistance and support and advice around um, around doing that. And our mission at Apollo is obviously to connect really good businesses with people that can help them on that journey. Um, so you've taken the leap and got involved on the candidate side, which is fantastic, and you've joined the advisory board of Mosaic Play. Why don't you start off and just tell us a bit about your experience because you've had a very interesting business career um, and worn a few different hats for some very, very significant businesses. Yeah, look, I think... Um I'm you know, probably best described as an individual that's worked at the intersection between business strategy and creativity and technology all my, all my life. And um, I currently work full-time at WPP, which is a, a creative transformation organisation, which I, which I love. But I've also been in the, in the game for some time. And, and so while I'll have ded- dedicated clients that I, that I work with, I always have um, a passion to work with, with those sort of startup um, emerging businesses or or businesses that have actually you know moved moved their product along to a cert- certain level. So, I mean, I, I did immediately stumble across Apollo League, and you know we met Simon and we had some interesting conversations, and you know ultimately that led to an opportunity to work with Mosaic Play. So. Um, yeah, it's a good journey. It's re- it's only recently started with Gabriel, so we're still in those early, you know, as an advisor. But so far, so good. What are the challenges that um, that that he's facing, and you know, how are you able to help him with those challenges? Because um, you've got, you know, your background is is really in you know digital transformation and strategy and design, and you know. Where you know what are the sort of things to give the audience a bit of a taste of what you're able to actually help um, Gabriel with? What what sort of stuff uh, is on the agenda there? Well, I think Mosaic Play is you know I, I I was excited about their vision and their vision of being a you know world um, only organisation platform to connect students to creative um, organ- uh, creative colleges and, and universities. I thought was you know, something that was needed. Um, I've been in the creative industry for well over 30 years and myself, I've, I, I've trained in, in, in creative 
um, colleges, whether that was in audio engineering in the early days or film and television. And, you know, this is an ongoing um, part of a, your career development if you want to be in, in, in that industry. So I was really attracted by what they wanted to achieve. Um, I was also attracted that they already um, had begun that process, um, had had some, some good revenue coming in. Um, it, it had aspirations and it is um, a global organisation. So all of those things just felt really right for me and what I was and personally passionate about. So, so I think I think that was, you know, really important if you're going to get involved in a in a in a startup, then you've got to find your own um, connection point to that. So, so that was very very strong. Um, I also um, needed to have a think about it from a point of view that I, you know, in a, in a full time position, and so I needed to to understand what my um, involvement would be. Um, obviously, you're a, you're an investor, so you're putting your, your your own cash in there, but at the same time, you're actually putting time to an organisation that you uh, need to. Um, you have a lot of uh, experience to offer, and you obviously want to be you know rewarded for that um, in some sort of um, share arrangement as well. So, so those sorts of things needed to be needed to be. Yeah, understood with Mosaic Play and then also with my current employer to, to talk to them about, you know, how was that going to fit with, um, you know, my in, in my own time, but then also why I believe that it was something that was worth doing because, you know, I'm really passionate about self-development and self-improvement in my own personal life and looking for challenges. So I just felt that this sort of, you know, delivered on a, on a, on a few areas in, in that. So, yeah, great. So, so far, so good. You've touched on a, a lot there. One of the one of the key um, questions I reckon that we get asked a lot is, you know, a candidate that is a full time executive, you know, as you as you are in a business, you know, how, how do you approach an employer who has you on a full time uh, contract with the, you know, how, you know, should you should they feel nervous? About approaching a uh, an employ their employer um, and and seeking their permission or opening a discussion with them about sitting on an advisory group or a board and working as a non executive. So you know how, how did that go? Was your employer concerned about it, or it seems to be obviously that it's, since it's happened, they were supportive of the um, of the you know of the idea. So how did you handle that discussion? Oh yeah, look, I, I spoke to them very, very early on in in the discussion. WPP, for those that, that might not know, on on this call, we're the largest marketing communications um, company globally, and also the largest here in Australia. But um, fundamentally, we're a creative transformation company at our heart. So we're we're all about powering creativity with our clients to build you know, better futures for, for their, their staff and their clients and, and build communities. So so I suppose our philosophy um, matched um, in what Mosaic Play wanted to do around having a, a you know, a focus on, on, on creative universities. So there was always a match there. So my, my immediate boss was very supportive of, of, of that. I think any organisation will have some form of corporate policy in, in regards to it, anything around conflict of interests or, you know, uh, or spending time on any any non-executive board, so whether that's industry-related boards around advertising communication in our sense or or being asked to work with clients on 
on some of their um, advisory positions. So, we, so as an organisation, we, we have a particular process to follow in regards to determining was is this is this some sort of um, comp- uh, competition that you're you're working for, or you know what other you know, where are you acting in regards to any third parties that you might be recommending Mosaic Play to clients or, or any of those sorts of things. So, you know, we we have a we have a process that we that we follow. Um, and so you know, working with our HR departments and getting that documentation locked away, I think is really important. And but then you've also got to have the conversations about um, time. Uh, your your full-time organization pays you for X amount of hours per week and, and commitment. So you need to be you're having a you know, conversation of you know how how much time you're going to spend as an advisor when when that might that be and and um and get some sort of agreement in that area, which I think is important. Um, but ultimately I think it's a good process to go through because you can you can apply that back to the startup and say this is this is what I'm willing to do and 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 able to do based on um, my full-time commitments. I think that's. I think it's a. That's a really good answer. But it's a. It's a common question. It seems to me um, that there's a bit of a paradigm shift occurring at the moment with employers, where I don't know whether some of it is COVID as well, where they're actually trying to encourage um, executives that are full-time or part-time to to cultivate additional um, additional opportunities in business. So, yeah, it's 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 an interesting one. And you mentioned also that you've invested in Mosaic and that you're, you're you're working for some equity in the business. So this is another kind of a hot topic amongst recruiters, where um, it's sort of an area that no one really talks about. Or they're scared to talk about, but it happens all the time. Which is, you know, if you get involved in a and I, I differentiate between startups and scale up. Startups are pre-revenue, pre-product, or very early stage revenue. Um, and product, but businesses like Mosaic, you know, which is you know, locked in revenues of one mil plus, is pretty much the cut the cutoff for Apollo. We don't work with businesses that are that are much earlier stage than that. But um, you know, ha- how do you feel about this concept of if you're involved, if you're spending time on a business, um, you know, being a shareholder in it, is it a good thing or is it a bad thing? Well, look, I'm, I'm certainly hoping it's a good thing in this case for Mosaic Play. I mean, I'm, I've, I'm, um, I'm, my role there is, um, you know, Gabriel uh, has um, a very solid business. He understands the, the the industry extremely well. I think he he, you know, our initial conversations came in on my expertise. I mean, I think Mosaic Play is is. On the peripheral of an ed, uh, you know an ed tech business, and that, you know really focusing in on improving the outcomes for students, and also looking um, at building that platform to to improve um, an environment for creative colleges and their outcomes. So, so I'm really as an advisor, really using my skills as a digital transformation expert, and and looking at ways that we can. Can be, you know, to build that technology platform to to, to world class, and um, looking at it from a, a point of view of of, a, of of an ongoing marketplace for for students and, and colleges, and improving those curated products that that they already offer. So, so I think as a as an advisor, that's what's important to Gabriel. He's he's got a he's got his own full time staff. He's got a a great board there, who. Um, 
who meet uh, every month. And I, I think the advisory team that I'm now part of is, you know, we're, we're coming at it from our expertise as, as, as wanting to build um, and lay those foundations of what, you know, ed tech companies need to be um, and how they're going to scale. And so um, certainly the skills around technology is, is what he's leading my advisory to do, but also um, how to go to market and build you know, a very, very solid um, customer experience and, and, and brand. So in some ways, it's sort of my what I do every day in, with, with clients. And it's just in this case, I've got a lot more skin in the game because I've put my own personal money in that. And, and also um, as an advisor, I'm, you know, also got some sweat equity as well to, to, to see that business grow over the next years. Um, there's is some pluses and minuses as when you're evaluating that when you're not on the board um, because ultimately I'm not being on the board. I don't have the same liabilities or responsibilities. Um, I'm a little bit removed in being able to directly input final strategic process decisions. Um, so the advisory team that, uh, that Gabriel's set up, you know, we obviously need to to work on the advisory and, and, and lead that up into the, into the board, which ultimately makes some decisions um, which they believe is right. So, so when you're putting money in that situation and you're actually not on the board, um, you know, that, that is probably a little bit more of a risk than a board member that is seeing their investment on the board level and then possibly making decisions at the board. So I think that's not for everyone. Um, you, you, that's really important that you understand the, the strengths and the weaknesses in an advisory position over, you know, a non-executive board position. Yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. Advisory boards were big in the 80s and then became very unfashionable and they've, they've had a, you know, they've come right back into vogue. And I think one of the reasons why that's happening is exactly what you've just said, which is, you know, if people want to sit on a board and make a difference, um, that's fantastic, but it is a significantly higher risk profile. Um, there are, you know, fiduciary obligations and responsibilities and they're constantly being increased in this country. Uh, but I think also in other in other um, parts of the world as well. So, you know, there's nothing stopping you from negotiating the same package that a director might get, but sitting on an advisory board. We're seeing that happen more and more. It's quite a it's quite a smart way to to go about it. Um, very interesting. And, and you know, like putting your hat on as an investor here, um, one of the questions that I wanted to ask you was, you know. You know, in a sense, if you are a shareholder of a business, is it an advantage that you, if you're in on a board or an advisory board, how much of an advantage is it that you can, in a way, control the destiny of your investment? You know, and also, you, you know, you have access to management, you have access to the books. Uh, is that a is that appealing? Oh, I think so. I think in this case it was. I mean, I didn't. Uh, the conversations with Mosaic Play was, you know, I really looked at this as. Um, you know, a minimum of, you know, concentration three-year um, um, involvement, you know, potentially up to five years. It could go for, you know, we all don't know what, what your entry and exit strategies are as an advisor, that that sort of will be, you know, determined um, as, we, as we go along. Um, my personal view is that I am very passionate in this category. I really think what Mosaic Play is doing and is a need. It's a business problem and and something that 
um, I really want to be involved in, um, just personally. Um, having built a career in, in the creative industry, I really want to put something back as well. I, I want I, this industry um, delivers a lot for global economies. Um, I'm very, very passionate about digital transformation with a creative lens. So, so to get creativity on um, on the map, so to speak, especially in business, then you know, schooling is is part of that process. And and so, so I'm. I, as I said, I, I, I went into it for a number of different reasons. I want universities and creative colleges to, to continue to improve their product. I want students to go through that to not only be trained in the discipline that they might think um, is important to them, whether it's film and TV, boutique, boutique design, um, you know, fashion, you know, whatever it is, but then ultimately those practitioners in the creative industry probably need to have a bit of business bent as well. So that's where Mosaic plays really interesting in regards to, to taking the, the journey of a student in a, um, along a path from maybe very young all the way up to they'd still be potentially learning um, and their craft, you know, into their 50s as, as I am today. I'm continuously, you know, going back to to training and, and and universities and colleges and so forth part-time. So so all of those things were just think, things that I want to spend more time in. Mm. And then ultimately it just became a bit of a bonus that you're part of a business that you've invested in and you 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 um you obviously want to see that that grow as, as an investment. So so yeah I think sort of finding those sorts of things um when you find candidates um you know, I, I think are really, really important. I mean, you know, you, you can invest in a business that you have no nothing about, or you know, you might, you might, you know, might not have the the same level of um, uh, interest. But from my point of view, I think this was a really good good mix. I, I I'm enjoying the role as an advisor to to the business, and and I think um, Gabriel's got a good structure. Um, and you said that advisors are coming back into vogue. I, I think they are. I'm, I'm seeing organisations, you know, whether it's a post-COVID, you know, in-COVID sort of model of determining that, you know, business has changed, you know, it's not going to go back to the way it was. So you look around your your group um, of executives, you, you do need to bring in a few external um, skills. And so I think they're going to come back. Uh, but then at the same time, you bit, you've got to set up an advisory so it's not a time waster for both the advisors but also for for the board. They've obviously got to be well managed and well tasked and um, otherwise you'll, you'll put an advisory team in and you, you could be burning hours that you could be, you know, doing other things. So, so um, yeah, I, I'm seeing them come back into vogue um, and, and it's just due to the nature of, so many businesses are now becoming digital businesses or are digital businesses and, and really need to drive up their digital economy strategies. And if they don't have that internally in their business, they're going to have to come out and find it somehow. And if they can't afford them full-time, then advisory is probably the next best bet. I couldn't agree more. And, I mean, in terms of, you know, the Apollo League process, how was it for you as a candidate going through it, Adam? Um, you know, what what do you think of the mission that Apollo's on here in terms of seeking to make the connections you've just talked about and, you know, having gone through it, um, how, how was it for you? 
No, it was really good, Simon. I mean, I was going to joke and say it was a really pushy and shovey experience, <laughs> but that wouldn't be great. No, it was it was um, it was great. I mean, um, you know, I really, you know, it was something we've talked about this personally, Simon. I mean, Polo, um, you know, just your vision around the name and the brand. It was interesting. I was born on the twentieth of July, nineteen sixty nine. So I've always had this connection to. <laughs> to the first man on, on the moon and those sorts of pioneering um, states. I sort of grew up that way um, as a little kid. You know. So uh, he, here's a business that's called something that um, was was of interest. Um, I thought the process was, was, was good. Um, it was very thorough in regards to that you really wanted to be the, uh, the, the relationship group that sort of pulled together people that uh, are looking to be part of startup or um, early um, advanced uh, businesses that just needed some more, you know, combination of equity and smarts with a company that was trying to find those people. I don't, I don't think there's many or if any that I can think of that are out there globally, let alone in Australia. So it was quite unique. So the process um, was quite thorough in regards to getting to understand the business and the candidates. So when the Mozak play match happened, you know, it, you know, maybe in my case it was a was an easier match because of the my background, but um, that process went quite 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 smoothly, and um, you were able to ask lots of questions from both both sides. I can imagine. So um, yeah, look, you never know. I'm hoping that we, that I can do some others uh, with you in in the future yeah with the right right organization so that would be great thank you for, um, that, for that compliment and uh, a compliment from you i i get the feeling you don't hand them out too easily adam you're a tough a tough fellow to impress which was which was good but i really appreciate that feedback that means a lot um and look we we hope to continue the conversation with you down the line not just about new opportunities but one of the things that uh, we want to do in this podcast series is check in every, you know, six to 12 months and just, you know, hear the ups and downs, hopefully all the ups and and, and very few downs about the experience so that we can make it better for, for candidates and for, um, and for scale-ups that, um, that need it. But your insights and, and comments today are really important and we want to share those. So thank you for being, uh, for agreeing to be interviewed and we, we're very grateful for your time. Oh, absolutely. Delighted to. So so thanks for inviting me on. Um, have a good day. Talk thanks, to you Adam. Soon. Bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of Polo Leaguers. Be sure to tune in for our next Leaguer interview. And until then, keep on learning.